It's currently day four of social distancing in the Nurswick household. We have been doing lots of stuff to keep ourselves busy and um, being able to be at home gives me a lot more time to connect with people on Instagram and Facebook and just through social media, through all all the things because I'm not running around a classroom all the time. And I feel myself, but also other people getting overwhelmed with the amount of information and the, the seriousness of what's going on in our country. And also just the change in life I've gone from being a full-time high school teacher to being a full-time high school teacher, a kindergarten English and Spanish teacher, and a preschool potty trainer, (laughs) Um, which is great. And we're having a lot of fun, but obviously the weight of all those full-time things all the time and trying to be on for my students and my my teachers and my, my kids and everything else that's going on. There's just a lot of, of information and stuff being thrown at you. So in this time of change, um, I wanted to share three tips of not getting overwhelmed. Three tips, three simple things that you can do to set your mind in the right place while you are working through all of this new landscape of our lives for the next couple weeks. So all of this being said, do what you have to do, right? Do what you have to do. What your requirements are as a teacher are not the same as mine. I know I've been seeing people like the teachers have to go to school, but the students don't just don't come to school or you're completely at home like we are, like gates are locked, you can't go into school without an administrator Um, or maybe you're still in school but just the weight of this situation is is different. So do what fits your schedule but these are just three tips that I found to help me stay um, level-headed because at the end of the day your mindset is everything, right? So if you have a positive mindset, a positive outlook on what's happening, that is what's going to override the negativity going on in your brain. And um, I talked about this recently that uh, in your brain, okay, the way your brain works, you have a reptilian brain, which is kind of fight or flight, right? What do reptiles care about? Eating and surviving. And um, that is your amygdala. So your amygdala, when you are stressed, that's what you think about. That's why people, you know, ransacked school, like places of Walmart and Kroger and all those places because they were in fight or flight. Like I need to prepare, which is, you know, what you got to do in, in a situation where you feel like your life is threatened. Right. But there's also the neocortex in your brain and your neocortex is where you learn and you can be thankful. And the way your brain works, um, from research is, one can't work while the other is working. So if you are being thankful and you are being positive, that amygdala can't fire that negative fight or flight. 
response. So the more you're thankful and the more you're positive, the less you'll have to deal with that reptilian brain. All right, intro over. Here are the three tips that I have for you. Tip number one, wake up earlier than your kids. Okay, some of you do not have kids, but what I'm saying is wake up before you have to for somebody else to need you. Okay, so if I'm supposed to be at work at eight o'clock, be on the computer, be ready to answer emails or, or have calls or whatever, if I didn't have kids, I need to be waking up at like seven o'clock, give myself to, some time to eat some breakfast, read a book, drink some coffee without anybody needing me to put out their fires. This is my time to figure out what I do, need figure out what I need to do to get my mind right. Maybe it's working out. Maybe it's walking the dog. Um, maybe it's making a to-do list for the day. Whatever you need to do, just wake up before you have to put out someone else's fire. So in my situation, um, my kids are finally <laughs> over the uh, uh, daylight savings time. So um, they slept until about 8. Um, yesterday, I woke up at about 6.30 today, I slept in because my alarm didn't go off, but I still got up at 7. I got up, took the dog out, got some coffee, thought about this podcast, and decided to record it before my kids get up in the next mm, 10 minutes. And being able to you know, get yourself right before you start serving others will get you into that positive mindset instead of as soon as you wake up, you have a kid jumping on top of you and you have to cook them breakfast and they want muffins, but you wanted pancakes and just, you know, all, all of the things. So waking up early before somebody else needs you will help you set your day on the right path. Now, Speaking of that, being able to set a schedule for the day. Right now, like when we're at school, we have a very streamlined schedule. Like first period starts at 8.20, second period starts at this time. And you know exactly how much time you have, exactly how much time you have to go to the bathroom if you have enough time to run to go get copies or if you don't. And you you are scheduled down to the minute. Like our lives are super scheduled when we're in school. Now we're at home. Or now that it's different, now that you're not dealing with behavioral issues of your students, maybe you are for your kids, there has to be some type of structure because structure is what we're used to. Maybe you don't love structure, but it's what we're used to 180 days a year, if not more, right? So setting yourself a schedule, um, that doesn't have to be as structured as first period, we will be doing this, second period, we'll be doing this. Even me, you know, I only teach my students on Wednesdays and then I'm just available to help them through email or through video chat the other days of the week. So I have my schedule of like what time I'm talking to them during the day and then my other days are pretty open. So like today I have a faculty meeting and a department meeting, but on Tuesday I only had one meeting. The rest of the day was wide open. So if I give myself a schedule that says, okay, well, I'm going to be on the computer, but what else can I do during this time? Can I work on my national chapter? Um, Talk to my students about what's happening in the FFA world. Can I lesson plan for next week? Can I have a call with my student teacher to see how she's doing? Can I 
Can I follow up with other teachers? Can I talk to the county office about what's going on with testing? Like actually scheduling the time in my calendar so it's blocked off so I know exactly what I have to do helps me feel calm because that's what I'm used to in my classroom is I am scheduled out like first period ag business, second period is planning, you know, and I, I know exactly what I'm doing. And this goes along with us who are homeschooling as well. I'm um, being able to set a routine for our kids. They have a routine in school. I, I don't understand how elementary school teachers do it. They are saints. <laughs> um, but even my, my daughter's kindergarten teacher, she does the whole routine. She video did it and we like Google cast it to our TV and she goes through like the days of the week, the weather, all of this stuff that my daughter is used to. So being able to provide her that routine. And now we, we even know what our routine is. Like she does English in the morning. Um, when she finishes English, she reads. After she reads, we do some type of activity with her little brother. And then usually it's around lunchtime. And um, then we have quiet time or nap time. And then when we get up, we do Spanish. And once she's done with Spanish, we get to go on our walk and go outside and um, maybe see people, see dogs, see see other people than the three of us who are here at the house. Um, so she has a routine and I think she thrives with that. Um, her personality thrives with it too. Um, so being able to provide her that structure and to provide myself that structure has really helped us, um, in this time. The first day was a little bit crazy because we we're just trying to figure things out. And now we're starting to get used to that structure and that schedule. Um, and if you are, are, alone with your kids and you, you know your spouse is out at work or you are a single parent um first off like you are a rock star and um just know that administration and other teachers and everyone understand that this is not ideal <laughs> it is not ideal i was on a faculty meeting and I was the only one home and my son had paint all over him and he kept on like turning on and off the video and it was, it was insane, but they, they know there are a lot of teachers who have younger kids. Um, so they understand, or even if they don't have younger kids, I've had some who have their, their kids are in high school and they're like, I don't know how you're going to do it because I can just yell at my kids to do their stuff and you know, they might push back, but I don't have to you know, make sure they're not doing things that would hurt themselves, like jumping off the couch and climbing up on things and all of that stuff. So we are pulling for you. You can do this and just know that it's okay if it's going to look a little bit different than other people who have help at home, have a babysitter they can use or, you know, a spouse that's home with them. All right. So tip one was wake up earlier. Uh, Tip two is setting a schedule. And then tip three is you do not have to do everything everyone else is doing. Okay. There are so many resources out there and I am trying my best to get them to you, not to overwhelm, but to provide. And then if there's one thing that really just works for you, take that one thing and run with it. I do not think that in this situation, every teacher needs to completely change their entire teaching strategy to implement 10 new technological apps, right? 
That is not the point. We're just trying to leverage technology to teach our kids the way we would have been teaching them if we were in person. That does not mean that we need to do Flipgrid today and Padlet tomorrow and use Scholastic Free Online and watch Fiona the Hippo from the Cincinnati Zoo tomorrow and all this stuff. The the resources are incredible. But the way we can go back and think about what do we actually want to get out of this is to think back to our why. What is your why? What is my why for teaching my students? Okay. Whenever I talk to parents, whenever I'm recruiting, whenever somebody asks me my why, I say my why is to develop students' potential for premier leadership, personal growth, and career success. I always put the F of A mission statement out there because that's what I care about. I don't care if they go into agriculture. I don't care if they get a career in this, that, and the other. I want them to be leaders and I want them to grow and I want whatever career that they decide is for them, for them to succeed. So how can I make my mission, make the FFA mission work while I'm away from my students? How can I provide that content? How can I provide those things to my students? And for me, what it looks like is to talk to them every day live because that is, that's where I feel like I can give the best of me to them is to go live. And I know some of you don't have that capability and you know, you are doing what works for you. And that's kind of how I prefaced it. Do what works for you. So I know that going live with my kids is what I need to do. Um, I also, this whole year, I haven't lectured, right? We've just done activities and all that kind of stuff. So I haven't lectured yet with my, the students that I'm in charge of. Um, we're doing some projects. I'm going to try and get some (laughs) innovative stuff, um, going for next week. Right now we're continuing studying for our end of pathway test. Both of the classes I'm teaching are senior level classes and, um, my student teacher is taking all of my, my ninth graders, the basic ag classes. So being able to think, what is, what is the goal? What is my why? And then figuring out, kind of backtracking, what would my lesson plan look like in the school? And how can I change that to work it for my students, right? Um, so don't feel overwhelmed with all of the stuff that's coming at you. Find something you like. You know, try the Flipgrid. Try this, you know, and once you like something, stick with it because consistency really is key. The kids are getting so many different things thrown at them right now. If they know that Miss Nurswick is going to talk to us on Wednesday morning, check in with us, everything's going on Google Classroom, and then I can email her and I can Zoom with her if I need to. And I know that I'm going to do a project, which I'm used to because I've been in Miss Nurswick's class all year and that's what she gives us. Then guess what? that consistency is going to help them. It's kind of like having that routine and having that schedule. The students need that too. And instead of completely flipping everything, which is kind of what we're having to do, but changing it every week and every day and all that kind of stuff, um, just being able to give them some type of structure and to give you some type of structure will help everyone in the long run. All of that being said, I just want you guys to know that I am thinking about you and I am pulling for you because, man, teachers 
are incredible human beings. I saw a meme or something recently that said, like, who's going to survive the zombie apocalypse? It's like, teachers are going to survive the zombie apocalypse because they've been doing everything with nothing for so long. Or that what other type of career would be able to flip their complete teaching from in-person or their job from in-person to online in a day? Teachers, right? So teachers out there, I am cheering for you. If I can ever be helpful to you, you just let me know. You DM me, you email me, we can set up a call and I might have my kids in it, but you know, that's the way life is now.